Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining today. We're going to be speaking with Bradley Raven about the San Diego real estate market. Uh, Rad is a Pacific Northwest native and a really good friend of ours, serial entrepreneur. And we had the pleasure of working together up here um, in the Seattle area prior to him moving out of San Diego and building his career. So looking forward to catching up with him. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out and enjoy. All right, Rad. So, um, you know, obviously we know each other for a long time through, you know, our siblings and friends or my sibling and, and friends um, and have been in touch with each other with your transition down from the Pacific Northwest down to San Diego. And now that you've kind of solidified yourself down there and your career and the different kind of um, branches and things that you're doing, want to kind of just check in and see how the market's doing down there. And, and why do you start with, I guess, how, how you got into real estate and how you transitioned down south? Yeah, you bet. Um, so, you know, after graduating college, um, I actually got a degree in entrepreneurship, um, which at the time was really rare um, from Washington State. And, um, you know, I was involved in, in businesses representing other entrepreneurs and manufacturers. And um, we kind of ran the course of that business for five or six years. I had a couple of partners and um, we're all ready to kind of go our separate ways and uh, was thinking about my next move. Um, and I'd always loved real estate. Uh, my dad was a, a custom home builder for many years. Um, and it just seemed like a, the natural progression for me was to, was to get into real estate. And um, right when I did, I had a client from Kirkland um, who actually wanted to move to San Diego. Um, we had done a couple deals up in the Northwest there and then he came down to San Diego and asked me to come along and help him um, with some of his transactions down here. Mm -hmm. So for the first couple of years, um, this is about five years by now, but um, I was going back and forth, you know, maybe 50, 50, um, and then just naturally started spending more time down here in San Diego. I don't know if it's the sunshine or the beaches, but um, eventually I made, made the decision to just move the family down and commit full-time down here and um it's been it's been really great although i, I do miss the, the northwest yeah well you still have ties up here because you still own some property investment properties so yes yeah you get a little yeah, back, back, sure. back and forth well awesome um so as far as kind of the general health and state of of the market where you're at what are you kind of seeing so you know i i it's probably similar to, you know, what Seattle's going through in a sense and just the, the broader market in the U.S. Um, interest rates obviously have affected affordability and people's capacity to purchase and things like that. Um, and by design, of course, you know, I think uh, the government needed to step in and slow things down. And it's um, obviously worked um, across the board. Um, San Diego, to me, when I first came down here, I, um, you know, it was always thought of as a vacation place, um, but I, I just didn't understand why it was so inexpensive, you know, a few years ago. Um, and I think what, what happened with COVID is it just accelerated people's plans to, to come here. Um, and once people get here, they, they tend to stay. Um, the other interesting thing about San Diego is it has a pretty diverse job market. Um, biotech's really big here, you know, of course, the travel industry is really big. 
Um, but the job market's really strong and the um, wages are really strong. So people can afford um, a lot down here. Um, and eventually, you know, the prices just started going up. Um, and I think the, you know, it's a, there's a bit of a buffer here um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, the weather's amazing. The beaches are amazing. Um, and the job market's really strong. And then, of course, you have some of the best schools in the country, too. Um, so I think, you know, um, although it has receded a bit, um, it's still maintained a lot of strength. The supply is still really low. Uh, I think on average, across the board, it's under two months support, which is, you know, considered a seller's market for. Um, and, you know, it just... It's definitely slowed down, but um, the area overall, I think it's performed really well over the next decade. Yep. Do you have a um, kind of a lot of retirees that that end up in your area? You find, or or they kind of tend to go out? Yeah, um, there are certainly retirees here. Um, I don't really have you know a large pulse on on that segment of the market, other than. Um, I've had some clients, you know, looking at coming down here to retire. Um, the cost of living is really high, so that can be prohibitive. Um, but, um, you know, I certainly agree it's a great place to retire if you can pull it off. Um, but I don't have a, a, a great pulse on that segment. Yeah. Um, and then as far as like the the inventory numbers, I and mean, we're all kind of what I'm noticing just from talking to everyone around, you know, the States is that basically we're all experiencing a little flux in our inventory um, in the yeah. hot neighborhoods or the neighborhoods that are may, may be considered more of the higher end neighborhoods. Um, it seems though that the inventory is still pretty tight in those areas. Is that what you're experiencing as well? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, San Diego is pretty, the, the county is pretty large um, and spread out. And there's lots of pockets just like Seattle um, and each one, you know, is maybe more popular at the time than others. Um, Del Mar was when COVID hit was like the place to go. Um, there were some huge deals on the, on the sand there. Um, Rancho Santa Fe also, um, and they actually just entered the top 10 most expensive zip code um, recently. Um, and then right now I'd say Encinitas is probably the most popular. Um, it's really neat. They have a cool downtown, great restaurants. It's right. It's coastal. Um, and they've stayed really strong, um, throughout the, you know, this entire process. Yep. Are you still seeing first time buyers, um, out there in the market? Um, or is it primarily, you know, secondary or, or people moving up, moving down? Yeah, there are some, you know, some first time buyers, but, um, I would say most of them seem to be um, maybe from a different kind. We got people from Mexico come up and, and buy here. And so maybe their their first time in the U.S., not necessarily their you know first real estate purchase. Mm -hmm. What would an entry level, um, sorry, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but entry level, let's say home, um, nice area, um, maybe like a three bedroom. What would that you think start at? Yeah, so... Average um, single family um, right now is like 1.167, something like that. Um, so, and then of course, it really depends on where you're at. Um, if you're North County, coastal, like Encinitas, for example, the average price point is like 2.1 million um, in that range. 
Um, and that, that kind of seems to be the going right for family house, you know, maybe a little more than three bedrooms, like four bedroom, five bedroom kind of thing. Um, but the average detach is like 1.2, give or take. Got it. Yep. Okay. And then do you guys have a lot of like condominium complexes, like larger um, multifamily projects? There are, yeah, there are. And they're, you know, they're a lower price point, of course. Um, and, you know, downtown was, um, I, it wasn't like the place to be necessarily. Um, I think it's, it's been evolving tremendously. Um, Little Italy is really popular down there, great restaurants and really cool scene. And I think there's been um, more focus down there. Um, you know, Padres have been great, they had a great year. So people are really excited about that. Um, and so I think that's, um, you know, been more popular than it has in the past. Um, but yeah, we certainly do have a, a, a condo scene for sure. Um, as far as like your, the major industries or major companies, who are, what do you think, uh, who are the top? Yeah, um, biotech seems, you know, that's what a lot of people would probably say. Um, and then you have Qualcomm, who's been here for a long time. Um, you know, they've, they're a staple in, in the area. Um, and then the travel industry, you know, although it's fragmented, but it's, it's definitely a segment. Yeah, gotcha. So uh, do you guys have so, a, do you guys have a little, like an influx of people that have been moving to the area recently with these companies? Yeah, um, and actually I'd say the largest um, was from the Bay Area, especially when COVID happened. Um, I, all my listings, 50% of the showings were people in the Bay Area just relocating to San Diego. Um, and taking advantage of the price difference too, you know, San Francisco Bay Area is one of the most expensive areas in the U.S. And um, so we, we saw a big influx in that regard. Um, it seems to have slowed since, but um, th that was probably the the largest I noticed. Gotcha. Um, very cool. Anything else that you kind of want to touch on, just about the market in general and maybe even looking into next year, kind of, I know right now, a lot of people are starting to kind of um, make forecasts of, you know, what's happening, going to happen in 2023, which we never know, right? It's like yeah, right? a crystal ball, but we could guess we could kind of guess what maybe based on the trends. I mean, here, it feels like everyone's kind of in a holding pattern. You know, we're waiting yeah. to see kind of what happens after the new year. I think we're going to see a lot of flux of inventory come on in January um, and February, just for the people who wanted to wait. And then we'll see another flux probably right around that May, um, April, May timeframe. So I'm assuming that's probably, what is your, I guess, what is your seasons, your selling seasons? Is it all year round or do you have kind of certain? So um, this time of year is historically low. Um, so, um, and then it starts to ramp up February, early spring um, mm -hmm. and goes up from there. So. I anticipate a similar, you know, situation. People are holding off right now. It, it, buyers and sellers are kind of on the fence. Um, and and then, you know, I, I think inventory will kick up January, February, and maybe there's some great buying opportunities um, at that point. And hopefully that kind of initiates some more sales and transactions. Because, um, I mean, those are way down. Sales volume is, you know, down like 50% or something like that. Same here. I mean, the numbers, again, are pretty much across the board in all markets, Phoenix, Florida, 
um, it's all pretty much the same in terms of our inventory influx and then the sales um, flux. But what's interesting is um, we're still seeing the appreciation numbers year over year. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and that's what, what's on my mind is what's going to change the, the supply. You know, is there going to be an influx? And that's really the only thing in my mind that's going to affect price. Um, if, if inventory remains low, it's just simple supply and demand, you know, unless the demand completely diminishes. Um, but I don't really see that happening. And, you know, you might see one that are a great deal. And I think keen buyers will pick up on those and, um, and, and pick those up. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to gather, you know, what event or what could happen that will really increase inventory. Um, the other thing I have my eyes on is institutions, you know, last year they bought 15% of the market. Um, that's pretty scary, um, especially for individuals and, you know, I, they're going to come in the market again. And, you know, I don't know, JP Morgan has a billion dollar fund that they've either prepared or preparing, um, for new construction straight, you know, for rentals. Um, but keep an eye on institutions, I think is important if they're buying, um, then it's only going to soak up the supply even further. Um, and it, it'll be interesting to see how they perform against, you know, I buyers were pretty much a failure. Um, they've all, for the most part, exited, um, and it'll be interesting to see how the institutions purchase versus, you know, buying on algorithm um or something like that so if they're more successful then it's I, I think that's something to really watch yep um speaking just lightly of i guess the rental market do you have a pulse on that at all or can speak to kind of like yeah for sure um the rental market's really strong um i think we're san diego's in the top 10 for one bedroom and um, it's around like 2500 um, and then the average price is in the 3000s across all the, you know, inventory the rental market's really strong. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's cooled off a little bit, but, um, it, it's remained really strong. And again, little supply, um, lots of competition. Yep. I think up here, um, we're experiencing the same thing. We have, you know, rent the rental market in general sees a lot more kind of the ups and or highs and lows. Um, everyone's yeah. totally different. And um, we did see kind of a little bit of an oversupply of single family homes, which was a result, I think, from owners um, versus selling. You know, they have equity in their homes. And so they just assume keep that versus, you know, selling at a lower price point um, as prices right. come down just a little bit, maybe, or stabilize. Um, and so they'll turn to renting. And so we saw kind of like a little bit of an influx of our single family rentals um, come on the market. So our, actually, I think our numbers for um, rental increases were about 1% um, year over year. That was last last month's number. So we, wow. uh, yeah, a little stagnant um, or not as high as our increases in the former years. But um, I do kind of feel like we're definitely in the downtown core here seeing more inventory on the rental side too. So 
um, just kind of being in tune. It's always important for us, you know, as agents to be in tune with the rental market and also the sales market because they, they work hand in hand with each other. You know, buyers ultimately go and renters will gravitate toward the thing that's the most economical in the moment. Um, and so you kind of have to paint the future picture for, you know, renters, you know, to, to get into the market. And even though it's cheaper now, you know, to rent, you know, you kind of have to look at, look into the future. So that's, I guess, been our messaging really to a lot of our, our, um, uh, people, you know, our uh, renters that are in our, our pool here is like, you know, I know that it might be more economical now to rent, but we got to kind of look to the future and build your wealth that way too. So um, are, how are you guys navigating interest rates? Are you seeing like the 2-1 buy downs and a lot of um, lenders kind of getting creative down there? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, in, interest rates are just high for a lot of people. So whatever, you know, we can do creatively to make it a little more affordable. Um, there's a lot of, there's still cash in the market down here too. Um, so, you know, that's obviously a, a great way to go if you, if you can, um, just to avoid that altogether. Um, but yeah, people are certainly getting creative. Um, seller financing can be another great option also, um, especially with all the equity that a lot of people have in their homes. Um, makes it a little more achievable. Yeah, very cool. What's, um, I know uh, maybe a couple of years ago, there was a lot of building going on downtown Seattle apartment yeah. wise. Has that kept up? What's kind of the, the latest? That are... That's kind of what I was touching on. You know, we, um, a lot of the buildings and I know, you know, downtown. So right on um, Denny and kind of Fairview, uh, Boren area, um, yeah. there are five, six, seven gigantic buildings um, and more so Canadian-based developers. Um, we have a few really? local developers uh, in the mix, but really it's it's people from outside Seattle that have come in and invested. Um, <clears throat> and so those complexes just basically came to market this year. And we're talking, you know, over 2000 plus units, you know, um, yeah. and they are filling up, um, but they are offering deep concessions like eight to 12 weeks free on, you know, 12 to 18 month leases. Um, and so they're, they're making those concessions, but they're holding the rental rates high. And we all know why, you know, um, developments do that, but, um, it's put a little bit of a downward pressure on our, uh, overall values. And so that's why we're seeing kind of only the 1% year over year, um, increases because, you know, everyone's, you know, competing basically with this new product and yeah. the new product is, extremely nice like back in the day we used to say oh that's apartment quality you know you rent a condo or you want to live in a condo building well now it's kind of turned where the apartment buildings are really bringing the services and they're bringing like you know the robust packages. the new apartments um we're all taking notes from like, like new york and miami and now all of them are like just real class. So uh, there's one building here specifically that basically they offer brunch every Sunday, you know, Saturday, Sunday, you know, free brunch for all the residents to come up to the rooftop and, and enjoy and kind of mingle. And they have a bar that's there Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, right? So they're bringing those wow. type of services to the residents to kind of create that type of community, which is something we haven't, haven't seen. So that's, that's amazing. That building's called the Modern, and then we have another one that's called Fifth Avenue, a residence of Fifth Avenue, and that's um, a pretty, a very impressive building. It's our tallest residential building uh, downtown, and the units are gorgeous, and it's just really top, you know, high-end, top-notch in terms of the service level um, from the experience from beginning to end. So they're, you know, we're, we're changing in terms of um, 
our living style here, but we don't have a new wave of condos coming in. Um, and so that will be the next um, phase, but it's just, you know, when given where we're at right now, um, right. I think we're probably, you know, five to 10 years out before those even kind of come into play um, on the condo side. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what's like a, a typical one bedroom in one of the newer complexes going for these days? I mean, you're looking 25 to three, but it's a small space. So you might be at like, you know, 500 to 600 square feet. Um, right. You know, when you start getting up into the views and the nicer buildings, you, know, you could be definitely upwards of 35 to 4,500. Um, and then, you know, we actually have a couple um, apartment buildings on the market right, or apartment units um, on the market right now for 25,000 a month. Uh, and upward of that. Wow. So, you know, um, I know we've had a couple of leases within our group that a little less than that, um, the 20,000 and below uh, range, but um, they do get leased. They just stay on the market for a little bit longer, right? You gotta find yeah. that right person. So, um, yeah, it's kind of been interesting to see our markets, both the sales and uh, rental for the urban living condo apartment style um, transition over the last you know, 10 years. Yeah. Have you seen anyone um, testing or, or trying like micro units? Yes, we had um, a lot of that. There was a wave in 2000, let's say eight, um, seven and eight. There was one project in particular that got flipped into an, an apartment building right around that time, right? Uh, recessionary stuff so that never fully came on um there was another building that has backtracked and i was but was trying to come out of the ground um in micro units um but i think now they're kind of uh redoing everything because they you know or i think covid put space on everyone's mind so people yes. pay for space or have the space versus um cramming themselves into a small living um situation so um, yeah, and we're not seeing too much of that, although the new floor plans of the like Canadian-based developers um, are quite a bit smaller than what our resale inventory is. Yeah. So looking at the new construction stuff, like, you know, a one-bedroom that is, you know, could be 600 square feet um, on average in a building, um, and two bedrooms might be on average like 1,000 to 1,200 square feet. Um normal whereas the older inventory you know you're definitely looking at that 700 and 800 square foot for one bedroom or 1200 to 1500 square feet for two bedrooms yeah yeah it's a, quite a difference one thing that's been on my mind since you know this huge up you know rise in appreciation and everything was right before covid happened in san diego at least like the the least expensive best value properties were the largest you know, biggest square footage, acreage, or big lot sizes. Those were, you know, nobody wanted to touch them. And then overnight, they became the most popular. So what is that property now, like, in, in the market? Is there a property that, you know, people don't really want or, or, or need at the moment um, that has a lot of upside? And maybe that's a great way as a buyer to think, or especially if you're an investor, um, what is that property currently that, you know, is there one at the moment, but just something I think um, to keep in mind, you know, as the market, you know, moves forward. Yeah, and I guess another property um, was multifamily, right? Commercial and multifamily during that time period too, took such a hit um, and no one really wanted yeah. to touch it. Now everything's on the, the upswing. 
as well. Right. Right. Um, but that is interesting. Do you think that the larger properties you said before COVID is, was it price point or it was just because it was, you know, maintenance and just like, you know, older. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And lots of people were downsizing at the moment. Um, you know, there were kids had moved on to college. Um, they were thinking about retiring and everybody wanted to downsize. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like a complete reversal and those, and still like people want yard, um, and space. Um, it's just really interesting how that played out. So are you thinking there could be a play then on the, the micro, um, home style just because they've been kind of neglected and as people feed back into spaces or I guess try to cut their costs or become, you know, more because they are economical. Um, it just, it's a, um, it's a luxury to have space, right? Sure. For sure. I I do. I think it's something to watch. Absolutely. Um, especially as things get more expensive and less affordable. Um, if I were to guess or pick, I'd say that that would be my pick right now. I think. Interesting. Um, Ari, as far as, uh, let's say, now this is kind of a different industry ish, but, um, you know, remodels and new construction and just overall, like the, the general contracting, um, side of things, you know, working with contractors, are you seeing that are where you're at? Is there a great supply or is it really hard to get, you know, contractors out to properties and get jobs done? Yeah, I think it's still pretty difficult. Um, and anything that's, you know, been renovated or new construction and price appropriately sells pretty quickly um in terms of like the general workers themselves though like the workforce and actually having the the resources to let's say remodel if you have a client who's looking to do a flip or if they're you know just looking at buying it something that's older and remodeling it quickly is that something that's accessible in your market and notice you know i think it's always a challenge to like find the, the right person for that or contractor or company um, and they always have a challenge. Keep, I, I, it's definitely achievable, and I haven't really noticed any anything adverse there. Yeah, yeah. yeah Seattle, yeah, is Seattle is market market working for, work for those things. Those so people are booked out so so uh, long. So it's that's right. up, which is making the older inventory um, a little bit more palatable um, because you know the the modern buyer, especially during COVID, just want to move it ready, right? You don't want a project. Right. An agenda. So now that the home services industry maybe is loosening up just a little bit, um, that is, uh, those properties are becoming, I guess, more appealing um, or more approachable or more conceivable, I guess, for the buyers that are out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it's a good way to go, especially when everything's so expensive. Mm -hmm, for sure. Cool. All right. Well, I think that um, unless you have anything else to kind of share tidbits, uh, that was really great to kind of touch base and get the general overview. We'll for sure post your information. So anyone out there that's looking to kind of purchase or has questions about the market or sell, they know who to talk to. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm happy to help. And um, I love doing this. So let's, uh, let's make it a habit. Cool. That sounds good. Let's do a check in in the new year and see where things are. Yeah, good idea. I like it. Good. Well, thanks, Rad. Appreciate it. And you have a wonderful weekend. You too. Thanks, Ash. Talk to you soon. Bye.